thank you, patrons, for su- continuing to support me. Uh, I'm very excited about this month's episode, but I also really appreciate what you guys have been doing. Um, so this month, as I have already announced and talked about very excitedly, I have Abby with me. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I am so excited for this, because um, we're talking about the Nancy Drew TV show. I know, right? How good is this show? It's I- so ridiculous. It's good. <laughs> I I think is my favorite currently airing TV show. Oh, that's that's a big call because I don't really watch currently airing TV, but I've made an exception for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's oh, it is so exciting, and I'm the one who got you hooked on this. I know, right? Um, yeah, I I bought so in Australia the only way to watch it was Paramount, and I got Par- I got the Paramount trial. I signed up to the Paramount trial just so I could watch season one and two, and I binged it in a weekend. <laughs> only because you told me it existed. Yeah, I mentioned that it existed to you, and you're like, I need to find out where this is now. Yes, and I found it, and it was amazing. Uh-huh. Plus. Plus, there was a lot of other good shows on there. Yeah. I don't know okay, what... Okay. We have different selections between you and me because of regional differences. That's okay. I have a VPN now, so I can watch the same TV as you. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> um, but just like... Let's start with the basic idea of Nancy Drew. We are going to go... Uh, so the plan for this episode, though, is to do full spoilers for season one and season two. Uh, We will be talking about the first episode of Season 3, but we are leaving that to the end so that if you are caught up, you can... uh, Not quite caught up on the currently airing episode, i.e. if you're one of the people who are watching it when it comes out on streaming, um, whether internationally or nationally. um, Those generally don't happen until the season is over. Um, So that is... uh, You can kind of duck out there and wait and be surprised when Season 3 all the cool stuff happens. Oh, um, you want that. Trust me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's start with... I kind of want to start by contextualizing Nancy Drew. How much of a relationship did you have with Nancy Drew, the character, before the show? As, as a kid, I read probably all the books. Like... That I, I mean, I went to boarding school. I grew up in South Africa, so there was on a farm in the middle of nowhere. So I read lots of books, and I would get a plethora of Nancy Drew out every single week from the library and just bail through them all. Like amazing! Like she was just I, you know, I loved the mysteries. I loved the you know, the, like tried to guess who did it, and I just yeah, it it was just it was just my it was my babysitters club. Like everyone. You either you either read Sweet Valley High or Babysitter's Club or Nancy Drew. I was a Nancy Drew fan. I'm guessing you were the Yellow Hardbacks? Yes. Okay, so those are the 1960 re-releases. Indeed. Which are notable because they cut out a lot of the racism. Which, you know, is, is, is appreciated. Yes. Um... Because the original books were put out in the 1930s. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. They are old. 
Um, but I, I too got the Nancy Drew books, but what really made me fall in love with the Nancy Drew character was the video games. I did not know there's video games. <laughs> there are 36 of them. Oh, wow. So there is a studio called Her Interactive, which from 1999 to 2012, I think it was. They had, they had a couple extra releases before that and after that, but during that span, they were putting out two a year. Wow. And they're all point-and-click adventure games. Is is there any other kind of game? <laughs> um, so, uh, and if you want to go back and dig up this history, they, the majority of them are now available on Steam. Actually, it's only been in the last two years that, that a bunch of them have actually finally made their way to Steam. And they're generally priced from, like, six bucks to, like, the brand new one that came out in 2019, which is not good. It's 20 bucks. So it's like, they're inexpensive, too. Guess where I am right now. I'm in my, <laughs> my Steam store googling Nancy Drew. <laughs> um, and Look how many there are. I know. As I said, 36 of them. Any any you recommend? Uh, I mean, Secret Secret of the Old Clock, right? That's the first book. So that is not the first game. Oh. Uh, so my recommendation, because they are hit and miss at the very beginning of this is a studio trying to figure out how to make design games. Uh, the first one that I really fell in love with, though I think there are a lot of good ones. Um and I recommend most of them. Uh, the one that I fell in love with was um, Nancy Drew, and now I'm pulling up my Steam library to remember the exact name of it. Um, Came here to talk about a TV show, bonus computer game content. <laughs> so it's, uh, I can tell you the plot of it off the top of my head. Uh, where is it? Uh, and the final scene. Nancy Drew and the final scene. It is uh, while covering uh, the uh, destruction, uh, the closing and destruction of Houdini's theater. One Loves of her it. friends gets kidnapped and she has to find who kidnapped her before the theater gets take, torn down. All right. In my cat. <laughs> Should we go back to the show? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but for those of you out there who haven't heard it, that that is one of like it is a completely like isolated system compared to the rest of video games alongside it, and it's a fascinating specimen because of it. Um, and then going on, you had the two thousand seven movie, which was really interesting. And then mm. you had the 2019 movie that was put out by um, Ellen's production company. I have not watched the 2019. Yeah, it was a direct-to-DVD release. I think it, no, no, it wasn't. It did get a limited theater run because I remember going to see it in theaters. But it's uh, Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase. Um. Uh, Look, Nancy Drew's childhood nostalgia for me, but 
given this TV show, I'm rediscovering all of it. Yeah. So it has Sophia <laughs> Lillis as Nancy Drew, which is really good casting because um, she was also um, notably uh, what character is it? Because I haven't actually seen this movie. I just know it exists. Um, she is Beverly Marsh from the It movies. Oh, okay. So that actress is playing Nancy Drew. Excellent. It's really cute and fun. It's definitely directed at younger kids. Um, but it's it's enjoyable. Um, and then came the 2019 TV show, which is a very different take. Yes. I spent most of the first season very confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was waiting for the, the Hardy Boy moment, you know, where they took the, took the mask of someone and it was like, you know, something physical. Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect it to go supernatural. <laughs> and boy, did it go supernatural. It really did. I, I was aware of it going supernatural because I was exposed to the advertising about it here in the US, yeah. but you kind of went in cold. Exactly. It was not the Nancy Drew I remembered, mm-hmm. but boy, did I love what they did to it. And it's it's really interesting because it's also um, this Nancy Drew is functionally very different in a way because a lot of like the contextual background things of Nancy Drew are have already happened. She yeah. was the kid detective, and it's it's about that space and time where you're trying to move on with your life and deal with the trauma of your childhood, but it doesn't want to let go. And exactly, and- it was an evolution of Nancy Drew, right? So yeah. the Nancy Drew we grew up was the teen detective queen, mm-hmm. and now we are looking at the college burnout. Yep. <laughs> That's, I was trying to find a, a snazzy something for it, but yeah, the, the burnout. And you know, did you peak too early? Yeah, and it's, it's, a really, it's a really interesting examination of, like, it's not often you get a protagonist who is a burnout or, or like, was great and is no longer. It's... Yeah. Those tend to be the secondary characters in a story. It's it's I've not seen many shows that really focus on that aspect, especially to the degree that they showed us. Um yeah. And within that also is um Nancy is this is very much a show about trauma. Yeah, and they they um they gave her a bit more substance. I felt mm-hmm. rather than just being the perky kid that runs around solving mysteries and flashing her flashlight in dark corners and going haha, they gave her they gave her a little bit more. You know, it's dark. It's it's ugly. It's it's really ugly. Yeah, and it's 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 also like can be, well, it can be a little bit in that juvenile way. It is much more adult. Yeah, I mean, and and that's, I think that's why I really liked it is because it took the Nancy Drew that I grew up with as a as a kid, and now she's more in my bracket. You know, it's, it's like well, that 
could be me. That's she's not a she's not as perky and happy, and you know her life's not all together. Yeah, she could be anybody. Uh huh. And uh, within that, um, like the opening scene of uh, the opening time that you meet Nancy Drew is like she's modern, a waitress. What a modern Nancy Drew, because like you have that little preamble talking about Lucy Sable and the Sea Queen. And you see a little bit of her in as a senior in high school as the Sea Queen. But then when you jump modern day, she's fucking someone, and that is the opening scene. Exactly. Nancy's all grown up. Yeah. <laughs> that was the moment where I went, uh, this is not going to be like the books. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it's like, as someone who follows the CW pretty heavily. I was not surprised by that. This is very much in their milieu. Um, because this is the same company that makes Riverdale. I'm I'm learning these things. <laughs> uh, but so our main cast is four characters we know from the books. Though mm-hmm. all of them have kind of gone through their transformations. We have Nancy Drew. You let me actually remember the actress's name. Uh, that one. Do, 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 do. Who is played by uh, Kennedy McMahon. Um, who is still kind of dealing with the death of her mother. And yeah. That death is a lot more recent than usual. Because a lot of, a lot of like the original books and a lot of the adaptations, her mom has been dead since she was young, and she, she dealt with it as a child, not as an adult. Yeah, it's 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 dead and buried memory that just every now and again we shed a tear over. But this is raw; like she's still dealing with how she feels about it. Yeah. Um. And then we have Ned Nickerson, Nick. Uh, I love that name. Uh, t- played by uh, Tunji Kasim. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Rather you than me. <laughs> yes, I will get this this uh, task. Um, who is a mechanic with a mysterious past that you very quickly learn that he was in juvie. And he's kind of working to atone for the sins that he had when he was younger. Something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have George Fan, uh, played by Leah Lewis. God, I love George, the George character. George is great. George, George is just fantastic. Um, and she is. She owns the claw and is, like, struggling to keep her family afloat with a drunk mother and, like, take care of her sisters. Um, who, all of her sisters are fantastic. I love them. Um, and then finally, of, of, like, the returning characters, we have Beth Marvin, played by Madison Jaizani. Again, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, Looks good to me. (laughs) And Beth is a homeless person pretending to be a rich girl. But it's more complicated than that. 
Little um, rich girl lost. Yeah. And she's a con woman. Um, and of an interesting note, um, in other recent Nancy Drew adaptations, specifically the comic book adaptation, um, it has traditionally been George that is the one that is given that that has developed into the lesbian of the group, because she is the butch, very much. She falls into that archetype and stuff. She's she's the tomboy, which goes into the butch very easily. I find it interesting that this show turned Bess into the gay one. I like it. Yeah, the girly girl, the high femme. But it's again, and Beth. Beth is probably my favorite character in the show. I don't know. There are a lot of good characters in this show. I'm still dealing with my feelings about Scott Wolf being cast as the dad. <laughs> let's let's talk about Carson then. I I was going to go to someone else, but let's go to Carson then. Uh, as Nancy's dad, we have Scott Wolf. Who do you know? What do you know Scott Wolf from? So I'm going to show my age here, but Party of Five. I we that was one of the weekly TV shows we used to watch way back when I was a kid, and you know, Mum loved him, and we had we had to sit down every week and watch him. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a bit weird seeing him as a dad. Considering he hasn't really changed that much in twenty odd years, he's looking very handsome for his age. <laughs> uh, I had to do a double take. I was like, "Wait, wasn't he on TV in the nineties? Um, but then uh, the final one of kind of our main uh, nicknamed the Drew Crew is Ace, brand new character invented for the show, played by Alex Saxton, who's the quiet art of Zen. Uh, cook uh, dishwasher in uh, the um, claw, which is where they all walk. Starts off as a, portrayed as a drug a druggy guy, and then turns into a tech genius later on in the season. Like that was cool. Yes, <laughs> I loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, kind of our last major character is Ryan Hudson, uh, played by Needs Ryan Smith. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's not from the books at all. He's new. He's new for this TV series, isn't he? Yeah. Um. So, um, the kind of setup is, uh, all five of them: George, Nancy, Beth, Ned, Nick, and uh, sorry, George, Beth, Nancy, and Ace. Because Nick doesn't work there. Nick works at an auto shop, but he's Nancy's boyfriend at the start of the show. That changes quickly. <laughs> Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> um, those four are working at the claw, and and Nick is in the area and gets pulled into this. Um, when during a big storm, on is it the night of the Sea Queen crowning? Yes, yes. Um, Ryan Hudson's wife Tiffany Hudson gets murdered. That's and... right. They stop stop at the claw. And she is gone. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and Nancy is like taking a video of the fireworks because it's like the big important day for the town and they do fireworks and she's having to walk and stuff. Uh, and in doing so, she catches a video of Tiffany dying. And in that is 
Lucy Sable, the uh, dead uh, former sea queen who com- who died the night that she was crowned. Which I spent half of the first series saying it's going to turn out to be a person and spent I don't know how many hours trying to figure out who it was. <laughs> nope, very real ghost. Actual ghost. Yes, so Dad Lucy... <laughs> Uh, played by Stephine, Stephanie Van Dyke, uh, was a uh, is a legit ghost that they jump straight into the supernatural with, and the first season is mostly around the tw- twin storylines of figuring out who killed Tiffany Hudson and who killed Lucy Sable, and so. And it's all about Nancy finding out more about her co-workers and slowly becoming friends as she eliminates them as suspects. And they get involved in all of this and her believe- starting to believe in the supernatural. And all I was going to say, stuff. it's all about her embracing the fact that the supernatural exists and re-examining like, her history up until now. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that was probably the turning point for me too. Where I was like, huh, so they're actually going ghosties here. Yeah. Um, and in that first season, uh, they, most of it is the big overarching storyline, but they have a couple of, like, standalone episodes that still tie in, but aren't exclusive to the storyline, if that makes sense. Um, and the big notable one is, uh, The Hidden Staircase. Yes. Uh, which is the episode where we go back to the first case that Nancy Drew ever solved, uh, which was a uh, missing, uh, a an abduction of a kid, um, and Ted, one of uh, George's sisters, ends up getting abducted, and they end up solving the case, and there ends up being something supernatural involved. That yeah, and back it to- triggers it triggers all her memories. Mm-hmm. from that case and she starts I think that that was that was the turning point where she started going is it do I remember this correctly yeah um I just like that it was called the hidden staircase yes um a lot of they make a lot of like wayward references to different um actual cases in Nancy Drew books, like the Blackwood Lodge is one. The um, girl in the locket. Yeah. Uh, what is the hotel they go to a lot in season two? Oh, um, is it Lux Berlin? No, that's in the first one. Mm-hmm. But the, Blackwood Lodge. No. No. That's that's the actual yeah. Uh-huh. It's um. Where they have the missing uh, cheer uh, hockey player episode, which is hysterical episode. <laughs> um, I think it's from Legend of the Motor Hotel, but I can't remember the name of of the actual hotel. But that is also like a reference to uh, one of the locations from the classic book. So it's like the referencing it, but it's all in one location, unlike. The original Nancy Drew, which is um, very spread out and sprawling and, like, globe-trotting. Mm. 
She's very she's very um, isolated to her small town community, yeah. which means any anyone new. Sorry, I'm just trying to remember what their lodge's name was. You got me got me thinking now, but now. Yes. Um. What was I saying? Lost my train of thought. Uh, uh how she's isolated in her town. Yeah, and and everything, but they've managed to give it such richness, right? So there's there's all these little details, and every single episode, when you go back, like I've gone back and rewatched a couple, um, mostly for this, and there's so many little details that when you when you're just starting an episode, you don't notice, but like when we get to the season three talk, I'll mention something there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that just these little tidbits that if you go back and you're like, wait, they mentioned that like three episodes ago, they, they were setting up for this. Like that, that is what I'm loving about this TV show is that they put all these tiny little details. And if you pay attention, you find when you get to an episode and you're like, wait a minute, and you start questioning everything you look at. You just go, do I need to remember this? Yeah. I feel like I need to remember this. And that is, that really goes into, I think season two does that a lot better than season one. Because I think season two really starts to create their mythology. Yeah, well, see, season one was setting it all up and like easing you into the whole, this is going to be supernatural, cray cray, just buckle up, buttercup. Um, and then season two, they just really leaned into it. Yeah. And did it, oh, they did it so well. So it's, um, so season one uh, covers the major all of the case for uh, Tiffany Hudson and Lucy Sable. Correct. Um, and in within that, uh, the Drew Crew ends up summoning the Aglaica. <laughs> uh, this old sea witch that they think is is a a spirit. Um, it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, and then they kind of renege on the deal that they had with the Aglaica. And so it starts wanting to try and kill them. Which is fair enough. And that was what was going to be the second half of the first season. But the final episode, but season one ended up actually getting cut short because of the pandemic. Oh, is that, I see. Yeah, because the, the, is it the second or the last one? So it was like they were just starting up a new arc and probably, so they had 18 episodes and their order was probably for 24, knowing uh, yeah. what, what CW traditionally does. So they lost about six episodes that they had to resolve their Glaka stuff originally. Um, but within that, so there, there's kind of this hard turn in the, at the end of season, season one ends kind of abruptly, um, because it ends with them, they solve Owen's murder, which, so Owen is a character we haven't talked about again yet because he dies partway through season one. Uh, but he is one of Nancy Drew's many love interests. By God, God, I love her sex life. Of, by God, does Nancy have a lot of love interests? Normal for someone as pretty as her, right? Like, 
small town. What are you going to do? Yeah. Fair. <laughs> um, but so he ends up getting killed and they end up solving that murder at the end of season one, but there was still the Iglaka hanging over the head, which, and it, that episode feels a little rushed. Um, as like the end of, um, as the end of the season was kind of loom very quickly loomed over the, them, and they wanted to resolve something in the finale. Mm. And then season two came in, and they really dealt with the Iglaka in that season. Um, I mean, does George get po- get possessed by ev- by the main ghost in each season? If so, who's she going to be possessed by this <laughs> season three? <laughs> Ooh. Um, so yeah, she gets possessed by Tiffany Hudson in season one, and she gets possessed by Odette in season two. I would not be surprised if Odette comes back in season three. Yeah, I mean, we'll see her, right? Like uh-huh. they're, because, they're setting up for it. Because spoilers, uh, 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 Beth has a thing for Odette. God, that was a fun plot line. How good was it? Poor George. <laughs> poor George. Poor Beth, too. Like, by God, falling in love with... um, A ghost. A ghost that was possessing your best friend's body. Your <laughs> boss's body, at that. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way, but yes. Yes. <laughs> Like, I'm sort when, of dating my boss, but not really. It, it raised a whole bunch of issues on consent, right? Like, how, how do you know when to do stuff and when to not do stuff? <laughs> I get that. The way they resolve that, the, the, like, button on it that they put at the end of season two is so sweet. Yeah. Um, And it's just... So adorable. God, those two. God, I love that. Also, uh, in season one, Beth has a uh, love interest called Lizbeth, who can really rock a suit. Indeed. Like, by God, that woman can rock a suit. Um, but she is a um, undercover cop. Oh, that's right. Uh, I was sad when she went. I was sad when she left the gang. Yeah. I wanted her to stick around. She moved on to a different show where I think she got a more prominent role. Oh, okay. Fair enough, but selfishly, I wanted her to stay around. I wanted best to have a happy ending. We will get there someday, but there's a lot in between now and then. Today is not that day. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, in the, let's see, anything else that jumps out to you from season one? Um, actually, I really liked what they did with the, 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 what was it? The Bonnie Scott, sto- like, sub-storyline. Yes. And the little, you know, because that's kind of leading into the Iglaka and, what they, you know, how far back all this treachery from the, what's it, not Carson, what's the other family? Uh, the Hudsons. Hudsons, that's the one. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, it just, 
it, le- it, it it was such a neat way of leading into, oh, there's a whole subplot down here. Yeah. And they, they did that really cool. Like, I really liked the, the Haunted Sailor episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, and that's the point where the rest of the crew started going, huh, supernatural, you say? Well... Uh, George was a little bit more in tune with it from the beginning because her her mother supposedly is is a medium. Mm. Um. And oh my! I mean, is God. that why she, oh is my. that why she was the one that was possessed all the time? Like, because she was a little bit more open to all of it. <laughs> Maybe who knows? But my God, her mother is hysterical. That character. Oh, I love that character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in late season one, we get introduced to Hannah Gruen. Uh, played by Carmen Moore. Who manages um, the, uh, what is it called? Um, the Historical Society. Yeah. Oh, that place. It just... How good was it as a plot device? Look at all these doors. Let's open one. And that's this week's episode. Let's open <laughs> all of them at once. Because it was uh, Nancy in defeating the Aglaica and turning it human. Sort of, Ish. again. Reminding <laughs> it of its humanity. Uh, George yes. dies. Correct. And so Nancy goes into the historical society, breaks open one specific door that, but by chain reaction, ends up breaking open all the doors to get a veil to revive George, but in doing so has also trapped the Aglaica spirit in George's body. Which is how we get Odette, which is the Aglaica's real name, and uh, George coexisting. One body. Yep. Two spirits. And season two ended up being a lot more like individual episode mysteries rather than a big connective tissue thing. They had a lot of Mm -hmm. like continuous plot threads moving through it, but once the Aglaica was resolved, it was a lot more individual mysteries. And they also... Wasn't season two more about the whole Nancy's a Hudson? That was the overarching... Yeah. Story, mm-hmm. yeah, and her coming to terms with that fact, yeah, uh, because secret, because I know Nancy's a Hudson, <laughs> daughter of of uh, Lucy Sable and Ryan Hudson, so it's also kind of her complicated relationship, and her and George's both complicated relationship with Ryan Hudson, mm. because George was the. Uh, person that Ryan Hudson was having an affair with. Man, Ryan Hudson was such a complicated character in the first season. (laughs) And there's this wonderful scene in one of the later episodes. It might actually be the episode where Owen dies. Because it's them all at a big party and then Ryan Hudson leaves and George follows him out and just goes on this wonderful tirade about how being the other woman in that relationship kind of destroyed her. Yeah. 
that that was an epic scene that yeah it yeah it just it just helped the character development of george so much more i mean she was already a rich character up until that point and it just you just got to see how you know she she works this job she looks after her family and then she had this this guy essentially take advantage of that fact and just destroy what was left of her and she you know I, I just like how she came back from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, do, 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 I had a thing and then it disappeared. Um, and <laughs> then we went into, um, uh, George's and Nick's relationship because. Nancy and Nick fell apart very quickly. Indeed. But then we started up the George and Nick relationship. The forbidden love. Kind of. Because George was, George was kind of torn. She, did, she didn't want to do anything. And then same with Nick. He just, you know, backed off and kind of went, oh, I can't do anything. And then, you know what? They just went for it. And Nancy gave them their blessing. Yeah. Um. And so we get into season two and we get a lot of a lot of fun single episodes. And I think the really interesting thing about season two is a lot of it. They pull back on the answer for everything being supernatural. Yeah. Uh, they it was more it was more it was more dealing with like, will Nan, you know, will Nan, what will Nancy do? She's a Hudson. Will she, you know, what will she go evil? Will she, you know, there was a point there where you're like, wait, she isn't just going to become, just because her name's Hudson doesn't mean she's going to become a Hudson. Mm-hmm. But that it, well, also, but also in like the single episode plots, not all of them were like, oh, this is a supernatural thing. It was like, cause you had the episode about how the hazing ritual gone wrong, where they find out that it's just the girl ran away. Found found the secret entrance and ran away from the cellar. Just I I don't want to play hockey. I just I just don't. <laughs> this is a little too much for me. And then um, you also had the episode where Nancy and um, a bunch of people got trapped in the police station. And that yeah, and that one turned out to be just someone messing with them. Yeah. Um can't remember I, off the top of my head I can't remember who it was but it, it was, was someone who was really pissed off because it was um, she had Nancy solving an unsolved mystery that's right gave her all the clues and a time limit and yeah yeah, and it, and it was a commentary about raceful the prioritization of police on white related murders Yes, because oh, that's right. So it was the same. Someone who died the same time that um, first season main plot twist. Uh, Lucy Sable. Lucy Sable. Some. That's right. It was a girl who died the same time as Lucy Sable in a car crash or something, and no one solved it. They just left it, mm-hmm. and then she basically forced Lucy to. She had all the witnesses. She had all, you know, all the people that were on record, and she had to solve it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 
that that was that was a good episode. Yeah, was that was quite standalone-ish, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then she also had the standalone episodes with actual um, supernatural components, uh, like um, the the uh, bridesmaid dress that took over Hannah. That's right. Um. <laughs> And then uh, the Beacon of Moonstone Island where uh, they go to this abandoned island and... Um, I love me a pirate-themed episode. Yes. And <laughs> the, the ghost pirates helping the kid out. Ghost pirate babysitters. Where were they when I was growing up? <laughs> um, but within all... There are two new characters in season two that we have to talk about. Um, because they end up being the love interest for Nancy and uh, Ace, who at this point have kind of kind of started to dance around each other, um, and that is Amanda and uh, Gil Bobsey, played by Ariha Lee and Parnette Akilla. Not sure about that <laughs> fucking name. <laughs> they're just gonna get they're just gonna get worse from here, aren't they? <laughs> uh, probably. Um, but the Bobsy twins. Yes. Um who are the Bobsy twins aren't I don't think who are like their own novel series. Mm. Um from a similar era. Um, yeah, because the, yeah, the first, uh, the, it's a 72 book series. Started publishing in 1904. Oof. It ran um, until. And ran until 1979. I did not realize they were based on book characters. Yes. Um. And then uh, a little bit later in the show, we get a one-off appearance by Tom Sawyer, right? Is that the right character name? One second, I'm double-checking stuff, because it is mentioned somewhere. Tom something, I'm trying to remember the exact name. There we are. Uh, Tom Swift. Sorry. Tom Swift. Uh, he is in a single episode um, of the show. It is... Uh, which one is... That's the one where they go to... I think it's the Celestial Visitor. Um, because it's like the meteorite crashes down and he's trying to find the meteorite which is how we interact with it, but it ends up in the old lodge of the Icarus Foundation or Icarus Brotherhood. Icarus Hall. Icarus Hall, yes. Um, which is where, because like at this point we're starting to learn about the women in white. Yes. Which leads into season three dramatically. Oh yes. Quite dramatically. Um, 
but it's um but Tom Swift is another kind of book series character. Yeah, they've they've um haven't they commissioned a, a Tom Tom Swift um series, yes, CW? It will be coming yeah. out uh probably in January twenty twenty two. Yeah, which is what I thought. Which is what I thought that episode was for. It's like yeah. to introduce a new series, but it was pretty good. Like I really like the tech genius, secretly gay, doesn't want to tell his dad. Like it dealt with so many things. Like it was, it was a really interesting episode. That one. Yeah. Plus, it, that was like cray cray off the the whole like possessed hall. Like what? What the fuck? And uh, I am really excited to see where that goes. Um, because it's it's going to be interesting to see the spinoff of, um, for, uh, uh, because the Tom Swift, the Tom Swift book series was all about like, uh, like super mega science fiction. So it would be really interesting to see what they give him because I remember the like the books at the time were like you know like yeah the the, the, uh, the outpost in space and mm-hmm. uh, swift rocket what was it like Repelatron Skyway or something like that weird like not a plane but a plane and it was building a road in the sky like it was oh mm-hmm. th- th- those were fun books so they're kind of creating their own universe of all these kind of classic literature characters. Uh, Excellent. Which is really interesting. Um, Hardy Boys win? So the Hardy (laughs) Boys is an interesting situation because they are caught up in another TV show right now. Mm. Uh, They had their own adaptation which came out of Hulu um, in late 2019, early 2020. I think it only ran for one season, but it's kind of being caught up in that. And it was probably in creation before they really started to expand the Nancy Drew thing. Um, That's right. They'll find a way. Yeah, I believe. Um, But also within season two, they are trying to take down uh, what's his face, Uh, the uh, the big Everett Hudson. Everett Hudson, the big bad. Who's who's a very human villain, in a way. Yeah, and and they try at at some points you you're made to believe he's a monster, like a supernatural monster of some description. But at the end of the day, he he's just a sad old man that killed a lot of people. Yeah. Which was a good. It was a good twist for him. Mm-hmm. And within that has the great episode of. Nancy is helping Cecilia Hudson, Everett's wife, with potty planning as she is, she's about to come out as a Hudson for the first time. Um, she's, yeah, she's, she's trying to endear herself to Everett so that he doesn't murder her when he finds out she's a Hudson. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, it's revealed that Ce- uh, Cecilia is dead. And the person that she's been talking to the entire episode has been the ghost. The ghost. Oh, yes. That that was a plot twist I did not see coming. And in that, it also leads into uh, the road home, I think they're called. 
Oh, yes. The secret society that was the Icarus, Lo Icarus Lodge. Yes. What um, the Icarus Lodge became. That um, Nancy has kind of pissed off because early in the season she helped uh, 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 Ace and his uh, half-brother keeping a list of names from them. It's it was a wild ride. Yeah. I want to understand where how they're going to tie. So the woman in white and the Icarus Lodge slash road home have kind of been these overarching sort of secret societies all the way through one and you get introduced to the other one in two. And, yeah, I mean, when we get to three, I, I wonder what they're setting up for. Like, I can't wait to see what they're going to be responsible for. Yes. Um, but I think to finish off season two, there's an important character that gets shown off in the end, very end of the season, that is a big part of season three, and that is Tiffany Hudson. No, not Tiffany. Fuck. Uh, not Tiffany. She, she's the one who died in one. Yes. Uh, uh, what is her name? She's going to be in all of season three. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Celia. I thought Celia Hudson was the wife of Everett. Mm, hang on. Darlene. No, not Darlene. Hang on. Uh, da, 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 da. Just going through my season three notes. Temperance. There we go. That's the one. Temperance Hudson. Oh, how good was that episode? That possession. Yes. Um, so she appears for the first time in the final episode of season two. She gets referenced before then, but she first appears in the final episode of season two. And so we're, we're about to lead into the seasons we talk. Um... But Temperance Hudson is a two is Nancy's two hundred year old great uh evil great aunt, who's also a witch. Who, let's be fair, saved Nancy's life. Yes. <laughs> she was gonna die otherwise from the uh what was the that wood spirit thing that she actually accidentally created? Uh, the wraith. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was possessed by the Wraith. Mm -hmm. They landed up finding Temperance. God, I'm so bad with names. Mm -hmm. um, who they did not know was Temperance. No. No. Um, but you felt something was off. Like when, when, they went, when they went to go see her and she was, you know, she, she was too helpful, right? She was too, mm -hmm. she, too accepting of what they were telling her. And too, yeah, it was just like... This is going to be a plot twist. Yeah. I'm suspicious. What's, what's your angle, lady? Yeah. Um, and so Temperance was a member of the Women in White, who we haven't really talked about it, but the Women in White was this organization of women who arrived, were like some of the early settlers of Horseshoe Bay, which is where they live. Founding families. Uh, but the first, uh, but the big, like the main people of the Women in White were the first people to summon the Iglika. A woman who was killed on the ship that brought them all over yes. to Horseshoe Bay. Uh -huh. That's the connection there. Yes. And 
and uh, Templeth was ended up being banished from the group because she started dabbling in darker magic. Wow. So, so are the woman in white claim. We haven't heard Temperance's side of the story yet, have we? We've heard a little <laughs> bit of Temperance's side of the story, as as she uh, has used Nancy's blood to return her use to her. Um, so now it is Temperance Hudson is the villain of season three. Well, she's she's the storyline of season three. We don't know that she's the villain yet. <laughs> All the press releases have been pointing towards the villain of season three. Oh, I know. I'm just I'm just being facetious. <laughs> yeah. But um, by God, can that woman eat the scenery like nobody's business? Um. She, she commands is, attention. Yes. She is portrayed by Bo Martinowaska. <laughs> like I said, rather you than me. Yes. Um, and so she is. Um, so, season three, episode one, uh, the very enjoyably named. Uh, let me get back to it so I can remember the official name of it. Uh, the warming of it of the frozen hot, which is both literal and metaphorical. metaphorical. <laughs> yes, um, because uh, as now kind of the heir to the Hudson family, which I do love, the opening scene of her doing the interview. Did you recognize who was doing the interview? Who doesn't recognize Penn and Teller? Okay, good. <laughs> also helps that when I was trying to find the episode on the C-Dub app and I searched Nancy Drew, the second episode that it presented me was Penn and Teller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Penn and Teller are great. No, I am well familiar with Penn and Teller. I, again, another nostalgia item from my childhood. You know, it's not something I've ha had anything to do with, but I watched, oh, they had some, oh, they had a TV, like mysteries TV show back in the 90s. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but they run a... I can't remember if it was, I can't remember if it was too, true crime or if it was actual magic, but it was, there was a Penn and Teller themed show back in the 90s that I watched and yeah, nostalgia. So they currently on the CW, the same network, uh, do a show called Pen and Teller Fool Us, where they have come magicians come on and show them magic tricks and try and fool them on how they did it. And if they do, uh, they get to be an opening act for Pen and Teller. Ooh. Okay. Um, and so this is kind of like a cross promotion by having them on there. Uh, the other thing is that Allison Hannigan is the uh, kind of uh, showrunner, not showrunner. Um... Presenter? Yes, presenter. Um, do you recognize the name Allison Hannigan? Uh, the, the, the girl from, what's her name? Buffy. Yes, she played Willow and Buffy. That's the one. Mm -hmm. Allison Hannigan. She's cult icon. Yes, she is. Um, and a much much less problematic one than Joss Whedon. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who can't love Alison Hannigan? Mm-hmm. I mean, sweet, sweet Willow, except that one season where she wasn't so sweet. Mm-hmm. But mind <laughs> you, she was also dealing with, you know, her girlfriend getting murdered. I love that. I love that that show had a gay character and oh, yeah. it was Alison. Uh-huh. I, it was uh, the uh, them and Xena were running at the same time and were both like very important to LGBT women of the era. Indeed. Um, and Xena still has my favorite joke of, of you have two fans coming up to them and they're, and they're like, we're just like you, thespians. <laughs> Kills me. Good old. We could we could talk all day about Lucy Lawless. Yeah, for sure. Got her. I love that woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Met her several times. Oh, nice. Well, perks of perks of living in New Zealand. Uh huh. Very fair. Anyway, um, season three. Let's. Yes. We were at Penn and Teller. Yes. So Nancy is as the last kind of heir to um, the um, Hudson family at this point is kind of dismantling all the bad stuff they've done and whatnot while also um, having to live kind of Inheriting the duties of the Hudson family, which includes running the fall festival. Yeah, uh, she's in a transitionary waiting period when they sort of open the season. She's she's cleaning up the Hudson mess, which she's now responsible for being the youngest mm-hmm. surviving Hudson. Um, Hudson, not counting her dad who got disowned. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which we won't we won't go into the whole lore of would that mean she's disowned as well? <laughs> but then she was super Ill- illegitimate, so let's just go with she's she's the Hudson Empire now. Yeah. So she's she's assumed all their responsibilities, but at the same time is trying to also atone for all of the the nastiness that they've done, mm-hmm. whilst waiting to you know get her life back on track with the whole college application, which she submitted at the end of season two. Yes. And it's it's very much a process of making sure Nancy Drew actually stays in the city. Because yeah. the plot kind of falls apart if Nancy leaves. Yeah. You could see that one coming a mile away. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, how are they going to make her stay? Not if they were going to make her stay. Throw a dead body in there. No, wait. Two, Two dead, dead bodies. bodies. Um, but I find... The thing about this episode that really got me was the trick it played on a metatextual level. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the... You're expecting the single episode, like, resolution, because, like, you want each episode to have some satisfying resolution to it. Um, And you're expecting it to be within the mystery, and it's not. It's within the character moments. Because um, at the end of season two, uh, George 
ask Nick to marry her. And she spends all of this episode frustrated because she didn't get a. She hasn't. He's not answering her. Yeah. (laughs) And then a really, really amazingly sweet marriage proposal at the end. Let's 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 jump to that. Yeah. How unrealistic is the shipping from China in that show? Like. I don't know about you, but that made me angry and want to throw stuff at the TV. Seven days? You get shit from China in seven days? It's been six months in Australia. Two Sorry. weeks. Side, side rant. Two weeks. <laughs> which is a little bit less than average for the US. Uh, I was just like, no, no, that's the most unrealistic thing you've done ever. Shipping from China in seven days. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was really sweet. Ah, oh, it was, it was so cool. Mm-hmm. And I like that there were, there were little snippets of the setup for it all the way through. The episode. you know, like all the char- yeah, all the character conversations either took place in a, a, a secondhand store, which you're like, what the hell are they doing in there? Or Bess is carrying shopping bags through the whole episode. You know, it's, it's just not out of character for Bess. Let's be honest. No. Nothing was out of place, right? Everything yeah. was there to be seen. It's only because I went back and rewatched the episode for this, right? Yes. So that <laughs> you notice all these teeny tiny details. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was. I do I do wonder who's so um, I'm jumping a little bit here, but like Temperance's prediction. Mm-hmm. Like who's gonna who's gonna be who? Because it's it it doesn't feel like it's going to be the obvious ones. Let me see if I can find that list of predictions. That is. One will betray their true love. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to read my handwriting. One will wreak havoc on the town, which you instantly think is Nancy, but it's not going to be Nancy, is it? No. Um, one will lose what is dearest to them. Mm-hmm. One will fulfill, only one will fulfill their destiny. Mm-hmm. And one will be the other's demise. And one will betray true love. Yeah, and, and one of them will lose their heart. Yes. Because mm-hmm. there, oh, that's right. Because there were six people there. Um, because it was um the Drew Crew and um. Dead, dead, daddy attachment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Temperance is so good. I love her so much. Oh my god. Can can we just talk about how they've tied the whole the society, temperance, the woman in white, it's all coming together in this season. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited to see where they go because this is um, the first season where they've had an actual like functional antagonist that isn't some sort of monster or spirit or something, but an actual person as an antagonist. Well, I mean, she's a 700-year-old person, so <laughs> there is 200, that. 200, <laughs> 1800s, not 1300s. Why did I think? Oh, seven generations. That's where yeah, I got confused. That's where I got the number number seven from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the man in the hat. What do, we th- do, what do we think that is? Like, did Nancy summon that? Or is that related to temperance and what she's trying to uncover? 
I am not sure. I am really interested to see where they go with that, because I think he is going to be related to the murders that have been happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Is he related to the Phantom Knocker? What is the Phantom Knocker? Mm-hmm. They've put like so many good starting threads in this. And I am just... This is what it's like when a show is at the top of their game. Yeah. So, show scene, scene opens, she's coming into the town, she breaks the barrier, everything goes on the fritz. Do we think that stirred a whole bunch of supernatural weirdnesses that we're going to see, or was that shit already there? I think it's going to make the supernatural weirdness that was already there worse. Excellent. And what do you think we're trying to find with the cat blood at the in that final scene? Like it, it's clearly going to point her to somewhere in in the town. That's where we're going next. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I think that might be her doing something to the town. Not necessarily because it was. It wasn't pointing to a single direction. It kept splitting off and going down the alleyways and stuff. So it might be something... Literally like, painting the town red. Yes. <laughs> um, but at the end of the episode, Nancy becomes the uh, city council's liaison to the police. Classic door shuts, another opens moment. Yeah. And it's, it's going to, because, like, Nancy has always had an, Nancy Drew, the show, has always had a really interesting relationship with its police. Hmm. Um. What did we feel about the specialist? I, I am a reserving judgment. He's going to land up being, he, he's going to be one of the plot twists. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's, but it's, um, like, as often as the police are helpful, they are hurtful in that show. And at times actively malicious, because if you remember, um. Oh, season one police chief, man. He made me angry. (laughs) Fair. Um. But also in season one, uh, Karen, who was uh, Carson's girlfriend who worked at the police station, and then you figured out gave the poison, stole poison from police evidence that was used in the murder of Tiffany Hudson. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Their kind of relationship with the concept of the police. Well, I mean, you, you've got to have... The police kind of have to be an antagonist for Nancy to exist, right? Because she, you know, she essentially does their job for them most times out of ten. Mm-hmm. But also, so you, they are also helpful, and it's this really interesting push and pull. Yeah. Um... And 
I, I have been thinking a lot more about representation of police since I've really started to dig into, uh, let me make sure I'm getting the right person, uh, skip intro series on copaganda. Copaganda? Never heard of it. Uh, which is like the idea of how we portray the police in TV and movies influencing the way our relationship with the police in real life. Um, going back all the way to the 50s, I think it was, where the LAPD actually payrolled and have cre- had creative decision on a cop show that ended up painting them in a really good light. I have learned a new word today. Mm-hmm. This is something that... This is a recent conversation in the U.S., around the George Floyd murder in the last five years since we, we've had a lot of high-profile killing of black people by cops. Yeah, current, current, current events and... Yes. Pop culture moments is the wrong word for it, but pop culture, mm-hmm. it's... it's <sighs> pop culture lets cops get away with a lot more than they should because of it. Which I guess is my new word I just learned, copaganda. Yes. And I do highly recommend the copaganda video. It's it's very, very good. Um huh. What network's that on? I have access now. YouTube. Oh. Okay. Fine. I had that already. <laughs> Uh, a lot of like the intellectual intellectual writers have moved to YouTube as a way to get their writing out to larger audiences. So you see a lot of like academic talking about media on YouTube now. Mm. Um, so it's like Skip Intro is one. I know Mikey Newman does them, and he's fantastic. Um, there's a bunch of other really good writers. There's also some great video game writers um, like uh, Ragnarok and uh, I'm trying to... There's this guy who did an amazing seven hour, seven and a half hour video on all the Resident Evil games. Trevor Noah has an episode. Excellent. Mm. Um... But yeah, so it's uh, Noah Gervais Codwell is if you want to like hear really in-depth thoughts about video games, he is very good about it. Um. So yeah, I I'm big into the like intellectual video essays on YouTube. Wish I had the time. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely going on the list. <laughs> so yeah, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Um, hang on. Checks notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you actually took notes. I just wrote a review. I um I, I went back and rewatched thinking we were going to deep dive into episode one of season three, not do summaries. So that's why I was a little bit shaky on one and one and two, but let's see. Uh, dead guy. There was, 
something that irritated me a little bit, and that's Nancy's attention to detail. She can be so dense at times, but then she'll notice pine needles, sand, and wood ash on the bottom of yeah. someone's shoe in the space of five seconds. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yet so clueless the rest of the time. Yeah. When it, especially when it comes to emotions. Like, with, like for example, when they're at the hall, right, and you, the ominous, the, so the, the, the man in the hat shadow defines itself as a man in a hat shadow um, behind them. You know, she, she notices wood ash on someone's shoe. <laughs> she doesn't see a shadow out of the corner of her eye. She just has really good memory. Yeah. It's, it's not that she notices stuff. She just has good memory. Well, like when they're going through the grimoire and they, they, they oh, like I've seen that K before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, I mean, I think they're trying to say she's got a photographic memory, but mm-hmm. it's little details like that, like that, where I'm like, how can you be so dense at sometimes, but so perceptive at others? Yeah. That is, that is certainly a thing. Um, I do wonder what the Book of Revelations is going to play into. Yeah, where we're going with that? What the marker? What do you think the marker four is like? Mm, mm-hmm. Well, the blood, the blood on the hill. Like, what, what, are, what are we setting up here? Probably a lot of bad times. Well, we did see cat blood dripping through the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it going to go up a hill? Maybe. How is it going to get there? What are we going to do with it when it gets up the hill? Maybe it comes down from the hill. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. The town carnival's got something to do with it. I feel it as well. Because they very specifically mentioned that it's it's been happening since the 1800s. Yeah. You know, when Temperance was around. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Good old Darlene. I loved her. The councilwoman. Yes. Um, I would not be surprised if she peeks in here or there as well. And they're clearly setting up Ace for his own subplots with the, the chocolates, right? Because yeah. he, was, he was delivering for his new girlfriend's dad mm-hmm. the chocolates that later that I forget her name, she comes to see Carson, his like, what was she, like a, a lawyer or a private detective? Or uh, I, I can't remember what she was. Carson is a lawyer, and it was one of his new clients. No, she was a. She's like a, because she offered a deal for one of his clients. Mm. So she might be. Uh, I can't. I can't remember if she was. She must be counsel if she could offer a deal. But um, I'll go back and look up her name. But yeah, the, that whole chocolate. Again, when you go rewatch an episode, and he's when they're sitting in the the shop to, in the secondhand store, and they're discussing. New girlfriend, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, we're delivering chocolates. You know, it's part of his like um, reconciliation. That's the word." Um, and you just go, "Oh no, he's he's going to become embroiled with this." Mm-hmm. Does does he know? Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see. And also, it's like Beth is having the worst luck trying to find a rebound. I don't know. I thought she was just having Tinder fun. Yeah, but <laughs> her at the coffee date 
having to make the emergency escape. Like, I didn't think coffee date meant coffee date. I thought it meant meant blinking around. Afternoon delight. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, she's she's clearly going to betray someone. Maybe. Or... Is she is she the betray your true love? Is 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 she? Because I don't know. They're setting her up for something. Wreck havoc on the town, maybe. Maybe. But it's it's like who would her true love be? Because she's like the least in a relationship character, other than maybe Nancy. No, we we're gonna see Odette come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe maybe that's the um lose lose your. Lose your heart. Lose what is de- lo- no. Lose what is dearest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm, no. Maybe not. I don't know. God. I just. I just love that two seasons of this show have set me up to be super paranoid about watching this because now I have to watch it weekly rather than all in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. I like to. I like to make make things up and dig and come up with. Yeah. I'm just gonna. This is all I'm gonna do. This is all I'm gonna do all week. Is just go. What is this going into? What what is this going to be? I'm going to overthink episode two. That's for sure. Uh huh. And we now have a channel for that. If you are on the Patreon Discord, there is now a Nancy View channel where you will probably see me and Abby going back and forth about this show all the time. Send me your conspiracy conspiracies. Well, oh my God, I can't say that word. Conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, the weirder they are, the better they'll be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I am just... Uh, so I have, Trust me. Have you seen the season three trailer at all? Yes, I did when I was trying to figure out how to watch the CW app from Australia. Mm-hmm. And I tested it by watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, did they set up some, some bananas in there. Yeah, because, like, you have... Like, apparently a bunch of people are immolating themselves and stuff. It is just like, oh my god, I'm excited. And, I mean, this is this is why I, I'm a little bit, I'm questioning that um, uh, Temperance is actually the villain. Because, you know, that, that they made a big deal of that in that, that whole trailer. And I was just like, no, she's going to save the town, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Baby. She's 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 not the big bad. There's a bigger bad out there. Yeah. We we shall have to see. Um so yeah, so that is something you guys can all come in and participate with if you're interested in watching the first few seasons of this show. Um it is on uh HBO Max in the US and then apparently it's on Paramount Plus in other countries. So, yeah. I checked and it wasn't it wasn't on Paramount Plus in Australia, but then like I said, I figured out how to just watch the CW app directly. Uh seasons one and season two you said were on Paramount Plus, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so season one and two is all there for your binging pleasure. Mm-hmm. But season three, if you want to stay current. There are many ways that people who are very smart can do. <laughs> Oh come on! It's 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 a it's a global global TV set, right? We all yeah. we all know how to get there. <laughs> yeah, we all do. Um, I mean, the irony the irony of it is, I work in TV, so I know how hard we work to make make it that people can't do what I'm currently doing. <laughs> yeah, 
Cool. What do you do then? Uh, IT. I'm broadcast specialty IT. Ooh, interesting. That is so, very cool. I know I know a lot about the ins and outs of behind the scenes of TV. No, I, I'm not on the news. <laughs> I didn't figure you were. Yeah. That's oh that's the first question people say when you say I work at Channel Seven. They're like, Oh, are you on the news? I was like, No, I've got nothing to do with the news other than when their computers don't work. <laughs> or the software that runs their teleprompters carks it. Mm-hmm. If people wanted to reach out to you, where could they find you? Uh, Facebook or I'm Insta or I'm not active anywhere else. Um, Discord, I'm on a couple of servers. If you're a Marvel Crisis player, I'm all over the Marvel Crisis Discords. Um, I'm on Morlocks, so tag me. That's probably where you're going to have the most success. Yeah, um, fair enough. Especially if you want to talk about all things Nancy Drew, because oh, yeah. <laughs> let's let's contain it to one place. <laughs> no, let's infect all the servers. Do you know how many people I have said? Because uh, obviously, in my journey to figure out how to watch Nancy Drew, I had to tell people that I was trying to watch Nancy Drew, and a lot of people looked at me sideways, and I was like, "Whatever, don't judge me." <laughs> it's a very good show. <laughs> You all liked Riverdale secretly. I know it. Oh my god, Riverdale is the most insane show on the planet right now. Isn't it just? Like, I, I'm hoping Nancy Drew jumps the shark as badly as, as as it did because, oh my god, it just got so much better for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Um, and you all know where to find me. I'm Thank you very much for being patrons. You're all patrons of me, so you should know where to find me at this point. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. We certainly had a lot of fun, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got to watch Nancy Drew episode twice in one week and have, you know, a real excuse for it. And now I get to spend a week coming up with conspiracy theories before next week's episode. Uh-huh. Yes. And I have been doing reviews of the Nancy Drew Season 3, so expect those to keep coming out. Um, They will be in the official release channel of uh, the uh, Discord. And yeah, thank you very much for coming on and doing this with me. Thanks for having me. I love to talk shit about TV. Oh, I love it too. And (laughs) have a great time, dear patrons.